podcast, episode 49. We are almost at the half century mark. Ward, this should be a fairly quick one. We can do um, we can do our predictions and all of that stuff. And then I only have one subject to touch on, and then we're good. How are you? Yeah, same on my end. Uh, I, I will say this. It's a lot more fun doing this uh, coming, <laughs> coming off a win. The black cloud has been lifted. I feel no more pressure. The coach, the quarterback, they all got their first W. Now it's just, now I want to get greedy and uh, let's get another win. And all of a sudden, we got something brewing in a sense of building that confidence, building the experience, and uh, collecting the valuable wins that help young guys develop. Yeah, and this is not a, a an unwinnable game. You know, a couple of weeks ago we said it was because nothing looked like a winnable game, but this is also one of the games we talked about earlier on that was was not like a game that that was completely like no way we can lose we can we can't win that game. So, um based on last week, I would say that this is a somewhat winnable game. Obviously, you agree or you wouldn't be saying that, but this this is definitely heading into the bye at 2 and 3 would be tremendous for this team. I am doubling down. I believe the Jets have the ingredients to win and will win this week. We'll go into the details of how and why and the scores. But uh, okay. there's two things. Uh, number one, uh, I believe now they have a little bit of confidence to build on. Uh, and number two, <clears throat> our opponent has a lot of weaknesses. Uh, first and foremost, uh, for the second week in a row, the Jets' opponent is missing their top two wide receivers. Uh, Last week, I said that that's not going to make a difference, and I ate crow. I'm not going to make that mistake two weeks running. I think that will make a difference, especially with um, got to throw it to you and give you a lot of credit on this one. You called out this kid one of the first two weeks of the season. We have a cornerback who is quietly or no longer so quietly developing into one of the superstar cornerbacks in the league, and his numbers speak for themselves. Young guy, super talented. Um, so the ingredients is there. Atlanta has a tendency to blow games. They're a team that I think is in transition. I, I think they're going to be one of the teams that will finally be in the hunt for a quarterback. They lack playmakers outside of the, that kid Pitts that, that they drafted this year. So they're capable of making plays, but they're not the team that's going to step on your throat. Uh, they blow leads late, and I think the Jets will have their window, and uh, I'm going to bet that uh, they'll climb through and uh, find the W. All right. Well, I <laughs> the problem with me is every time I predict the W in this situation, the Jets kick me in the freaking balls. So uh, I, I'm going to have a hard time predicting a W, although I can see a win here. I could see them going in. You know, Calvin Ridley, uh, beyond Pitts, who hasn't done much in his short time in the league yet, uh, beyond Pitts, Calvin Ridley is really the only guy that that is really scary on that team, and he's out. So the, the Jets defensively should be okay. We got to hope offensively they're okay. I, I don't think Atlanta has a good defense, so I, I'm I'm fairly certain the Jets could hang in this game. And if we're looking at what they should do, the Jets should hang neutral site. They should win. Whether or not they will, completely different story. I am not quite ready to look at last week, considering last week wasn't perfect by any means. It wasn't like you know they got us excited, but but we have pretty low standards. And, uh, you know, when you look at it from that point of view, I'm not ready to say, all right, the Jets are going to win this game. I, I think they can. I hope they do, of course. I have two and three headed into the bye. Having two wins at the beginning of October would be tremendous. It's more than we've done in years. It, so it would be fantastic. I'm not quite ready to do. 
Well, I know. I mean, I was thinking about that the other day. You know, we are dead by October all the time because they lose every September game. They maybe squeak one out every couple of years. But the Jets have been like 0 and 4, 0 and 6, 1 and 7 for how many years now? Years. Three, four, five years in a row. The Jets have been completely out of it, literally, not mathematically, but literally completely dead by by this time. So the fact that we've got a shot by the you know the second week of October before it's even the middle of October to be two and three with a buy heading into you know like with with some momentum is exciting. I I don't know that I see it happening. I guess I'll have to figure something out by the time I make the prediction. But I'm, I am not quite ready to to jump all over that that optimistic train yet. One thought before we get into those predictions: um, Seattle Seahawks lost last night, and. Um, you know, that's obviously not the Jets. Why would I bring that up? Well, because Geno Smith got in the game. Former Jet had a pretty good game, but I'm kidding. That is not why I bring it up either. The hell with Geno Smith. The reason I bring it up, and Jet fans, you know, I've picked up on this immediately, and, and everybody's excited. The New York Jets have Seattle, Seattle's first-round pick next year from the Jamal For the Jamal Adams trade, yes. and now all of a sudden Seattle does not look like world beaters that they do with Russell mm-hmm. Wilson. That is a great yes. point to bring up. Yep. And the, and Russell Wilson out four to eight weeks. He, they're estimating about six weeks he's out. Seattle right now is two and three. Okay, let's say they they go. Let's say he's out six weeks and they go two and four. Okay, tell that me we see them. it the same way. If they're out of the race, he's not coming back this season. No, I think he will. It's only his finger. I think he'll come back. That, that's not that, that wasn't the way I was going. Although that is a good point. It is possible. I'm thinking what happens is at at you know the, the, six games they're probably going to go two and four. They're in a tough division. I can't see Geno Smith leading them to a bunch of victories. So let's say two and four. That leaves them at four and seven headed into the stretch. So even if Russell Wilson takes them and and they win all six of their remaining games and go ten and seven, you know that's obviously not happening. At worst, ten and seven might sneak them into the playoffs. So we've got a pick in the low twenties. Okay, let's let's just let's just say that. More realistically, you're looking at probably mid you know, to late eight teens. and nine, eight and nine. Yeah, so we could be in the teens. And if the wheels fall off completely, and not yeah, you know, let's you know what the hell, man. Let's look at Seattle's schedule and see what they're going to do over the next six weeks. And if it's eight weeks, then forget about it. Then the Jets are in great shape. Seahawks schedule. Um, but I'm thinking that Seattle at this point, not a great team to begin with. And Russell Wilson was the only thing holding them afloat. I mean, they've Agreed. got some, obviously some great talent on offense, but Russell Wilson's the man. He's one of the top three, four, five quarterbacks in the league at absolute worst. Losing him is going to be a big blow. Geno Smith is, is a pretty solid backup, but that's what he is. He's a mop-up guy. He's not going to come in there and win them some games. So I'm thinking Seattle's going to be 6-11, and 11, you know, at best 7-10, and 10, which means that's a legitimate shot at the Jets to have two picks inside the top 12 or so. That's, that's yep. tremendous. And really. Realistically speaking, that team, uh, they have a lot of talent on offense for Geno Smith, but their problems are on defense. And with Geno Smith, they're simply not going to be able to compete in those shootouts. So I definitely see the possibility of this turning ugly for Seattle and the Jets fans will rejoice. Yeah. All right. Well, let's see the next few weeks. They have Steelers on the road next week. I don't know if Big Ben's back, but that's probably not winnable if he's in there. Um, They're at home for the Saints on a Sunday night. That's a um, I'm sorry, Monday type night. of a game. 
Yeah, toss up. I have no idea. I don't know which Saints team is going to show up. Then they got the Jaguars at home. That's probably a win. Then they got the Packers on the road. So we're talking one and three here, likely one and three at best, two and two. Then they got the Cardinals. Then they are at, at Washington. So those are the next six games. I, I think at absolute best you can get them three, three and three. three. And that's at at best, the case scenario. Yep. <clears throat> so then they let's see. Then they get they got the Forty ers the Texans. The Rams again, the Bears, the Lions. So, so I think the Seahawks maybe have four more wins in them at most, which is which is six and eleven. You know, if you really want to say Russell Wilson comes back, turns it on, maybe they go seven and ten. But I think seven and ten is going to be a top fifteen pick because most of the time you get these seven and nine teams are in the ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen area. So I think Listen, seven and I'll ten gets the Jets. A, <laughs> hell yeah! <laughs> and you got to figure, no matter how excited we get, the Jets are going to be in the top fifteen anyway. So two top fifteen picks would be would be real nice. That's a beautiful thing. Okay, that was my point. Um, you want to you want to start us off with some predictions? You want to do some uh, some uh, Zach Wilson for us? Go. Uh, all right. So let's the let's do the games first, and then uh, let's do the individual predictions okay. as we as we go. All right. Uh, so give me your best case. So I'm actually going to go with best case, and my realistic predictions are going to align and be the same. I'm going to be the optimist, and uh, I'll say that the best case scenario that I'm hoping for is going to align and come to fruition. To me, any type of a win is a best case scenario, because now we're talking about a two-game winning streak. You're talking about going into a buy of a win. Just too many positives to name, and... I, I believe a win just gives you that little extra push. Now in a closed game, you, you know how to dig deep because you've been there. So my prediction uh, is I believe the Jets will find a way to score on four possessions. I believe two will be touchdowns, and I believe two will be field goals. So that's 20 for the Jets. And I think the Falcons fall just short. They will also score two touchdowns, but there will be – I'm going to get really specific. There, there, there's going to be a missed extra point. That's 13. And two field goals, 16, 19, 20 to 19. Best case scenario is a win. I'll take him any way we can get him this year. And my realistic prediction, Jets in a nail biter, 20 to 19. Um, All right. While you're getting ready to throw your predictions out there, I'll also mention my worst case scenario. And my worst case scenario, being a Jet fan, being an there is nothing scarier than being an optimistic Jet fan because that means on Sunday night, you and me are going to be texting each other after believing that win was a, t- uh, a W was attainable. We're going to be talking, how the hell did we lose the game 40-12? to 12? How did this happen? <laughs> how did we get our brains beating this bad? Um, so my worst case scenario is uh, a shellacking where Matt Ryan and Pitts uh, and Cordell Patterson, that's that's the guy that really worries me, the Swiss Army Knife who's been, I don't know if you've been following him at all, but after leaving Minnesota, he's had a complete career resurrection. They moved him from a wide receiver to a running back. Uh, he's getting carries. He's catching the ball. He's uh, been borderline MVP for that team, <clears throat> scoring a touchdown pretty much in every game. So he definitely worries me as far as uh, – what uh, he might be able to do if he gets going against the Jets. So worst case scenario is uh, Matt Ryan uh, uh, drinks from the Fountain of Youth, Pitts finds his groove, Cordell Patterson does his thing, and the Jets offense just fails to get going, untimely turnovers, stalled drives, and uh, we're entering the fourth quarter with a score of something in the neighborhood of uh, 
28 to 10, 28 to 7, and it's just a sad scene in the fourth quarter, and the game ends 31 13. So just one of those that kind of gets ugly, really takes all the good vibes from the last week out of it. Um, that's my worst case scenario for this week. All right, and you're leaving your best as uh, your real as the same as the best, right? Jets 2019, yep. and they get the win. All right, all right. What do you think Zach Wilson's going to do? Uh, let's hope he continues to build, and uh, if it's going to happen, this is a good week to do it. Atlanta's defense doesn't really intimidate me. It's not uh, we're not talking New England and seeing ghosts. I think he'll go for 18 completions on 27 attempts, uh, 240 yards. One touchdown and one INT. Okay. Sounds good, man. All right. My best case is that the Jets continue all the momentum from last week. All of it. They, you know, they, they, they're still going to play some sloppy ball. They're still going to, you know, do whatever. But Zach Wilson looks like Aaron Rodgers again. You know, I, 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 I hate to compare him to such a guy like that, but that's who it reminded me of, the way he's out of the pocket, whatever. So if if that continues and that momentum goes, you know, Atlanta doesn't have much of an offense right now and, and their defense isn't anything special, I think the Jets can win fairly big. I mean, I, I think they can win by 10, 12, 14 points, something like that. And again, this is a best-case scenario. I don't by any means at all think this is realistic. But in this particular instance, if the Jets did light a little bit of a fire and gain some momentum and continue that. I think the Jets can win this game, you know, let's let's call it uh, 27-13. I'll, I'll give the the, 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 high, the high end of, of my of my range of the Jets winning. I don't see there's any reason why they couldn't do that. Shouldn't is another story, but I think the Jets, um, if the momentum is there and they can build on what they did last week and continue, because one of the things is they did this against the Panthers, obviously not to this degree, but they were not able to, to do it again, and the Jets have started very slow in every game. So I'm looking for a best-case scenario of the Jets not starting slow, picking up where they left off and and just generally you know beating a team that they should and and then again i i am re- reluctant to say the jets should beat them because the jets up until you know late third quarter last week were the worst team in the league they shouldn't beat anybody but this is a winnable game so i will say jets 27 13 uh in the best case scenario my worst case scenario is the exact opposite. This is an easy week for me. I got a best, I got a worst, that they're, they're opposite. The exact opposite is that the Jets do what they did the week after the Panthers, where last week's game was a much better version, but it was a similar game in that they started out slow. Uh, they, they came around, they, they, they came back, and this time they finished the job, but they looked much better. Uh, and then, you know, they went out the week after that and just like totally shit the bed against the Patriots. I think the worst case scenario could be something similar where the Jets start out slow, never get going, and they break all our hearts again after giving us a little bit of hope because that is the Jets' history for the past 40 years. So if that's the case, then the Jets have another game like the one, like the last few, last couple they had before the Titans game, and we're looking at a you know 27 to six, 27 to three, 27 to nine type thing. I, I think. No, even in the worst case scenario, the Jets probably show a little bit of more life on offense. So I'll give them 13 points. But like you, I think the worst case is something like a 27-13, which is what I said the Jets would win, a 30-13, 31-13, something to that effect. And I think if there is a worst case scenario, the Falcons probably uh, either pick six or run a, get a turnover to run back and get some points. So I will go even higher than you and say that that worst case scenario can be like Falcons 34, Jets 16. Let's go something like that. 
134. I'm going to write it down and get 16. Okay. Now my realistic point of view is going to be that the Jets kind of fall in between. You know, they're not going to build on the momentum, but they're not going to completely fall off the cliff either. And the Falcons are what they are. They're just not a, a very good team. And they had one good game where they put up a bunch of points, but I don't think they're that good a team. I think the realistic the realistic version is is a game very similar to what the Falcons and Giants did a couple of weeks ago. Ugly 17-16 final with missed extra points and and all of this stuff. And I think you know, realistically, I would like to say the Jets win, but I'm just I'm just too used to the Jets kicking us after after showing some hope. So I think realistically, it's going to be a close game. It could go either way. I would not be surprised by, by either team winning, but I'll, I'll say that the Falcons win a, a close, ugly one. Um, call it 16-13, something like that. And that's, that's so really you know, a low scoring one. Okay. I think, yeah, I think realistically it'll be low scoring, not because there's going to be great defense, but because it's just going to be ugly. I, I, I watched that giant Falcons game a couple of weeks ago. It was an ugly game. And I think the Falcons are capable of doing that. Clearly the Jets are. And I think it'll be another one like that. Now watch it turn out to be 39-38. Make me look like an idiot. But. All right, now Zach Wilson, since I'm going my realistic view is that it's a low-scoring game. I think Wilson will do do what I think the Jets are going to do. I think they're going to fall somewhere in between. I don't think he's going to build on it completely and have a great game. I don't think he's going to shit the bed like he did the couple of weeks before. Uh, I think it'll be somewhere in between. I think... Um, you know, the, you've pointed out that the running game is pretty non-existent. I, I, you know, last week I predicted they would try and run more. Clearly, that's just not going to happen. Whether it's not part of what they want to do or they're just not capable, I'm not sure. I think he's going to throw a little more this week. I'm going to give Wilson 18 for 34 with uh, 229 yards, uh, one touchdown, and no. I'm going to go no interceptions this time. I think I think Wilson will avoid. Okay. I think he would have avoided it last week if Davis didn't fall down, and I think he probably won't throw one this week. I think I don't think he's going to light it up, but I don't, I don't think he'll throw an interception. And I think uh, I think they probably will try and turn him into a pocket passer because that's what the Jets do. Um, but I think he's going to get out and run a little bit. I don't I don't say a lot. I'll give him 15 yards on the ground. Okay. Um, there it is. Who do you think will be the Jets' offensive performer of the game? Win, lose, or draw, whatever it is, who, who will be the Jets' offensive star of the game? Um, it's hard not to go with Crowder. I mean, he, he, he obviously made a difference last week, and I think he's going to be a little bit of a security blanket. Um, it's hard not to go with him, but I'm not going to. You know what I'm going to do? I, I know it's going to be wrong, but I'm going to predict, predict it anyway because I want it to be true. They, they're activating Kenny Yaboa, that tight end that they, they signed from the uh, from free agency after after the okay. draft, and he's uh, he's he's supposedly got a whole bunch of skills. They had him on the practice squad. I think they get him involved a little bit. So what the hell? It's it's like a total shot in the dark and say Kenny Yaboa. I'd love for that to be true. That nothing will make you happier than uh, us developing a young tight end to match up with Zach Wilson. Uh, like when we, you we didn't draft. <laughs> yeah. Like you, I'm a huge fan of Crowder. I think he makes all the difference, and I was debating going between him and Corey Davis. But I'm going to go as Corey Davis is my offensive MVP. I think he's going to have 85-plus yards and one touchdown. It might be on four receptions. It might be on eight receptions. But uh, he'll continue to make big plays. I think last week something finally clicked, and uh, I believe um, he'll just continue riding hot for at least another game. 
Atlanta is the team that you can kind of uh, get going against. So Corey Davis is my pick for Jets MVP, 80-plus catching, uh, receiving yards and a touchdown. Also, honorable mention, um, I actually disagree with you on my vision for the game in the sense of I actually think this is the week where the Jets will really limit how much they're going to go to the air, and they will really try to establish something uh, resembling a running game because Atlanta's defense is one of the bottom defenses against the run in the NFL in the early going, and the Jets have to establish something. Nothing helps a young quarterback more than a running game that can open up a lot of options for him. Let's try to get it going. Let's let's not have our leading rusher have seven carries for 19 yards. <laughs> Let's see if he can get an offensive line into some kind of a rhythm. This is what I'm looking for outside of the obvious of uh, developing, getting better, making smart plays. This week, I'm focusing on seeing if the Jets can utilize the opportunity playing against a struggling defensive team and get some kind of a running game uh, rhythm going this week. All right. Well, we will look to see if they can do that. Uh, you know, they have a bunch of decent running backs. I don't know why they can't. But, uh, you know, let, let's hope because because you're absolutely right. A, a solid running game would be would make all the difference in, in this in making this kid look, you know, even better than he looked last week. And when you think about it, uh, you know, Elway, you know, I'm, again, not comparing Wilson to him, just comparing good quarterbacks who, ne- who never had a running game. And then when they got one, what they did, it is, it's obviously a huge stretch. But Elway, you know, Aaron Rodgers, had, had, it never, he never really dropped off the earth. But he's, these last couple of years, he's been back to MVP level because he's got a, a top running back there. You know, yep. I mean, Marino never had a running back. and he's a, he's a freak of nature, that guy, you know. But so. I, I agree. If they can get the running game going, keep the defense honest, then you know the defense doesn't have to key on the quarterback, and that would be tremendous, especially you know give this kid a little bit more confidence. Don't forget, the game is bright and early here on the East Coast. So, yeah. as you told me, set the alarm, enjoy the game, and either Sunday <laughs> night or Monday night, I look forward to recapping the Jets W. Ah, same here, <laughs> Jets W. All right, man. <laughs> Episode number fifty coming your way. A recap. Have a good one, man.